Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a five-part series I am running on The Bard and Compliance, How Shakespeare Informs Your Compliance Program. I recently completed the study of some works from Shakespeare from the Teaching Company. The Teaching Company is one of the top organizations in the United States which provides first-rate college professors lectures, both in audio and video, on a wide variety of subjects. So, for instance, on Shakespeare, Peter Saccio has Shakespeare, the word and the action. Mark Connor has how to read and understand Shakespeare. And then one of my personal favorites, once again, Dr. Peter Sashio, Shakespeare, Comedies, Histories, and Tragedies. If you're a lifelong learner like I am, you will greatly enjoy The Teaching Company. You can check out all of The Teaching Company courses at theteachingcompany.com. In this special five-part series, we're going to take a look at Shakespeare's Problem Place. We begin with All's Well That Ends Well in Compliance Resilience. We go on to Troilus and Cressida and Farce in Compliance as Tragedy. In Episode 3, we take a look at Measure for Net Measure and Creating a Game Plan. In Episode 4, we consider A Winter's Tale and Terminating a Third Party. And finally, we conclude with Timon of Athens and the Men Mob. I know you will enjoy this series as much as I've enjoyed producing This is Tom Fox. Shakespeare in Compliance is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode 1, All's Well That Ends Well and Compliance Resilience. What are Shakespeare's problems plays? Well, there are plays where the structure of comedy ends the play, i.e. everyone gets married at the end of the day. Yet, they are not always happy endings. Equally, they are not tragedies either. Usually in the middle of the play is some very dark part which tests the reader, the playgoer, or the listener with some very difficult subjects. In All's Well That Ends Well, Helena is a low-born ward of a French-Spanish countess. She chases Bertram across Europe, sends another woman into bed with him, and then captures his heart by all this aggressive stalking. George Bernard Shaw has called the play a bitter play with a bitter title. Shakespeare's satire upon the male propensity scarcely to distinguish one woman from another. But attempts to account for the play itself typically founder. What are we to make of the assertion that the play is in which the people's behavior is explicitly related to abstract concepts and moral conflicts not necessarily resolved, although explored? Some critical dissatisfaction stems from the bitterness of the satire and comedy, and the disagreeable nature of the hero, the forced mechanical nature of the plot, which ends convincingly. I thought about all's well that ends well when I read a recent article in the Harvard Business Review by Roger Martin entitled The High Price of Efficiency. In this article, he posited that the relentless relentless pursuit of business process efficiency can make an organization less resilient. As it becomes less resilient, The organization is more at risk for catastrophic failure or a likelihood of a control failure, which could lead to something akin to a major ethical or even legal violation under the FCPA. Most interestingly for the compliance professional, the author's prescription is what we would call operationalizing compliance through pushing out the structure to grow greater resilience, largely from a diverse group of stakeholders. I was also also intrigued by his idea about moving a company towards resilience. 
This allows a more adaptable response, but also has redundancy, which can operate to stop anything which might get through the monoculture of two great efficiencies in an organization. The first is to limit scale. For the compliance professional, I think the clear message is that compliance needs to be in regions not simply headed from the corporate headquarters on high. Dynamic power out in the regions can prevent redundancy, both in in regions going out and in the corporate headquarters coming back. The second is to introduce friction. This is a situation where a company creates an artifice so clean that if something untoward enters the system, it cannot be wiped out. It comes from staring at your navel so long to the exclusion of all else. Another way to put it is to bring someone from the outside in to review your compliance on a two- or three-year basis. If you are performing your own risk assessments on a continuous basis, it may become friction-free. The third prescription should be high on every CCO's game plan. It is to create good jobs. From the compliance perspective, this was mandated in the FCPA 2017 Corporate Enforcement Policy issued by the Department of Justice, where one of the factors listed around the compliance function of a best practices compliance program was the compensation and promotion of personnel involved in compliance in view of their roles, responsibilities, and other factors. Additionally, the 2017 Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs asked, has the compliance function compared with other strategic functions in a company in terms of stature, compensation, rank, title, reporting line, resources, and access to key decision makers. Yet CCOs must work to teach resilience in their organizations. Some may call this simply a can-do spirit, but I think the better approach is that a compliance professional, as a compliance professional, you are only limited by your own imagination. The evaluation mandated, quote, have the have how have decisions been made about the allocation of personnel and resources for compliance and the relevant control functions in light of the company's risk profile? Have there been times when requests for resources by the compliance and relevant control functions been denied? If so, how have those decisions been made? In short, the compliance function must have a well-received, well-compensated job, and those compliance cannot be shunted off to the same corporate function forever. From the CCL perspective, A key component of your corporate capital is the use of your compliance resources. Delivering a compliance solution to the front lines of a business is another manner of saying operationalization of compliance. From the corporate capital perspective, Martin sees the optimal capital structure for this year's operating environment as what defines efficient employment of capital. Martin ends his piece by citing two democratic capitalism. He, like I, believes that a combination of both democracy and capitalism can make countries, businesses, and people better over time. The ideas Martin sets out suggest that ability to adapt through resiliency is one of them. Just as Shakespeare's problem plays hold a middle, dark middle to a usually comedic beginning and end, the continued resilience of the corporate compliance function, even if it is not as always efficient as must as may be desired, can be a valuable lesson going forward. Hope you've enjoyed this episode one of Shakespeare's Problem Place, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for episode two on Troya, Troilus and Cressida and Farce in Compliance as Tragedy. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Bard in Compliance, Shakespeare's Problem Plays. Once again, this is based on a series of lectures I listened to on Shakespeare from the Teaching Company and other research I did on these plays. Thank you again for listening. I hope you'll join me tomorrow for another episode. This special series of 
the Bard and Compliance Shakespeare's Problem Plays is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.